Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nice Today FC. I'm Josh Taylor, and I miss you guys. I know you guys have been wondering, Josh, where you been the past couple weeks? And I've been very busy working my other jobs. But during that time, as you probably noticed, I've been busy on social media doing some new content stuff, score updates and talking about, you know, the news and around Nisa and trying to keep the social media more consistent. I do got some other projects that I've been working on and I'm going to share more details on that in a bit. I'm going to also recap all the action that happened in week 12 in Nisa. We'll also discuss all the latest news that's happened within the past week around the association and Nisa Nation, I'll give you an update on what's been happening there this past weekend. And for my final thoughts, of course, I will share with you some updates on some projects I'm working on. So stay tuned. And here we go. Well, welcome back to the show, guys. And thanks for tuning in. It's been a crazy weekend. Uh, I just went downtown Chicago last night after work and I was watching the Chicago House game as you guys probably saw on Twitter and I was at Stewart Field at Illinois Institute of Technology to watch Chicago House AC play the Iowa Raptors and Chicago House AC it was all looking good they were up three to one but they gave up two goals late like to the Iowa Raptors to get the equalizer and tie the game at three to three so disappointing result for how the house ended that match, even though they got a point. But, hey, they did beat Rockford on Friday. And Chicago House, they're doing okay in Midwest Premier League right now. They're mid-table in the league. So, hopefully, Chicago House AC can continue to keep making progress and make a a good run as we get uh, halfway through the uh, Midwest Premier League season. But it was very good to catch up with Peter Wilt Chuck, our club historian and everything, and uh, catching up with other guys over there too with the team like Musa and their head coach, uh, Matt Poland. So it's good to catch up with those guys once again. But let's get into week 12 in the Nisa League. And let's start in San Diego. Albion San Diego taking on Cal United Strikers FC and Cal United Strikers FC, dominating performance. They won this match 3-0. And Albion, they, what was crazy about this game is they had so many chances, but just couldn't get anything going. Now, I know Cal United ended up winning the match 3-0, and you're thinking, oh, it's a blowout. But Albion San Diego, for most of the match, they they hung in there. It was, it was 1-0 until late in the match. But as I mentioned... Albion had a chance early on in the match from Harold Hansen, but his shot went wide of the net. And then Tony Lopez scored in the first half to give Cal United Strikers a 1-0 lead. And Albion, they had plenty of chances in the first half, but they couldn't find an equalizer. Now in the second half, Albion once again had plenty of chances to score, but couldn't finish those chances. Curvin's uh, Jolie Qua had a chance around the second half, but his shot went over the crossbar. And then in the 68th minute, this was a crazy play. The one of the Albion players shot the ball, gets deflected, and Cal United goalkeeper Gene Antoine 
had to get a, a hand on it to knock the ball over the crossbar to prevent the equalizer. And wow, uh, Gene Antoine, he 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 had a great performance for the Cal United Strikers FC and net, making a lot of saves in that match, including one on Mayele Molongo. He came off the bench and he had an opportunity in the 85th minute, gets past the defender, rips a shot, but Gene Antoine stood tall and made the save to prevent the equalizer. And then there that man again, Tony Lopez, he would get his second goal in the match in the 87th minute to put Cal United strikers up 2-0. And then uh, Raritaro Kawashima, he would add the insurance goal to put this game away for Cal United strikers FC to win 3-0. And for Cal United strikers now, that's eight wins they've gotten this season. Uh, they have not lost a game during the 2022 NISA season. And this unbeaten run extends to last year during their run in the 2021 NISA fall season. And they haven't lost a game in uh, 14 matches so far. So the question is that I have for you guys is, do you guys think that Cal United Strikers, can they keep a streak going? How long do you think? It will last. And can they beat Detroit CFC's record? I know it's a long shot. Detroit CFC, they almost, I mean, basically went a calendar year, 362 days without a loss. So can Cal United Strikers FC do it? Can they break that record? I don't think so, but let me know what you guys think on our social media pages. But great one for Cal United Strikers FC. They remain atop of the West Division in NISA. Let's go on to the next match here. Michigan Stars FC taking on Flower City Union. And Michigan Stars FC also got a 3-0 win. And, man, it was a Steven Yunkai show. He scored two goals in this match. And they were great goals. Yunkai almost got a hat trick when Michigan Stars scored their third goal, but he elected to pass his shot to a wide open Leon Marich, and he buried his shot in the 66th minute as he just basically tapped the ball into the back of the net to put this match away for the Michigan Stars. And they won, as I mentioned earlier, 3 0 over Flower City Union. And the Michigan Stars, they bounced back after losing to. Kalyanai Strikers FC back in week 11. And Flyers Union, they've only got one win out of their last five matches, which was from the previous week when they defeated Valley United FC 2-1. All right, and then our final match from this past weekend in NISA was down in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where Chattanooga FC shut out Syracuse Pulse 3-0 at Fort Finley, and as I like to call the Peter Fuller Derby, of course, as you know, Peter Fuller used to coach Chattanooga FC, was let go at the end of last season, and is now coaching the new expansion side, Syracuse Pulse. And did not go well in his return home to Fort Finley as Taylor Gray opened the scoring after just five minutes, uh, rips a shot. Uh, we're getting a nice pass from Marcus Nagelstad. 
and Chattanooga FC, they're on the run early, up 1-0. And Taylor Gray almost got another goal, but the Pulse goalkeeper, Danny Gagliardi, made it the save in the 17th minute. Big save there because you just had that feeling that Chattanooga FC was just going to keep peppering shots and get more goals. Now, they eventually did. In the 30th minute, Nagelstad gets taken down in the box by K.O. De Silva, who's a defender for Syracuse Pulse, and Nagelstad was awarded a penalty kick. And Nagelstad was able to convert from the spot to get his shot past Gagliardi and get his seventh goal of the season for Chattanooga FC as they were up 2-0 at that point. And in the second half, from watching the match, you know, it was a very physical game, very physical game. Both of these teams were going at it. And we had some drama late in the match. In the 83rd minute, Richard Dixon gets taken down by Alec McKinley, who was just subbed on like 10 minutes prior. And he just made a, a really bad tackle, bad tackle. And the ref ends up giving him a straight red card. No argument on that one. Clearly a terrible tackle and ref had no choice but to give a red card in that scenario. And it puts Syracuse Pulse down to 10 men. And eventually Chattanooga FC was able to capitalize. Ian McGrath blasts his shot past Gagliardi to put this match away in a 89th minute as Chattanooga FC wins 3-0. And with that win, that is Chattanooga FC's fourth straight win. And they remain atop in the NISA East Division. Now, I noticed all these games were 3-0, but I just wanted to clarify there was no forfeit. None of that happened. These games were actually all played. So just wanted to let you guys know. <laughs> now, with that result for Chattanooga FC, Marcus Nagelstad, he extends his lead in the Golden Boot race. He now has seven goals, as I mentioned earlier. Taylor Gray, he's not that far behind. He's ranked fifth in the goal-scoring race, but he has four goals. And goalkeeper for Chattanooga FC, Kevin Gonzalez, he earned his second clean sheet of the 2022 NISA season. Now, there was one other match that was supposed to be played this past weekend between the LA Force and Valley United FC, but NISA announced the day before on Friday that that match was going to be postponed due to several Valley United FC players and staff testing positive for COVID-19. So they postponed the match out of abundance of caution, and they will announce a new date for that match at a later time. Now let's get on to the news. All right, let's get into the news around NISA, NISA Nation, and the affiliates. Now, AC Syracuse, <clears throat> my bad, Syracuse Pulse, they made an announcement on an update with the club that they are no longer AC Syracuse Pulse. Now, I kind of noticed this a couple days ago <clears throat> when I was on the NISA website prepping for the show over the weekend. And I noticed on the website that Syracuse wasn't on the fronts of 
Albion San Diego anymore. They were like now after Stumptown. And I was like, wait a minute, did they change their name? And I noticed when I checked on the table that it just says Syracuse Pulse instead of AC Syracuse. So Syracuse Pulse, they announced the update and made it official yesterday that uh, they are now officially Syracuse Pulse. And they said on their social media pages, we are excited to announce that we have officially changed the club's name to Syracuse Pulse. The club will no longer go by the original name of AC Syracuse. We look forward to the rest of the 2022 season and seeing fans represent the Pulse in yellow and blue. Now, since new ownership has taken over, you know, they've gotten fresher looking kits. They made marks on the moderations on their, their logo. Now it's Syracuse Pulse now. And hoping with the new ownership, they can continue to build an at- atmosphere and uh, getting the fans involved with that club in the Salt City. I think that's a really good thing, especially in that region over there in central New York. Now, Nisa made an announcement on Friday that they finally announced the regional groups for the Nisa Independent Cup for this summer. Now, they announced the grouping for the 36 clubs placed across nine regions. And as we mentioned, the tournament will start later this month on June 25th. And as they mentioned, the winner of the round robin will earn $3,000 and a spot playing a NISA professional club for the regional championship. And the winner of that regional championship will earn $4,000. So let's take a look at the regions. In the Empire region, you have Syracuse Pulse, New York Braveheart SC from Nisa Nation. You also have Allentown United Football Club from Nisa Nation. And you have Landown Yonkers FC from the EPSL. In the Great Lakes region, you have Michigan Stars FC, Lansing Common from Midwest Premier League, FC Milwaukee Torrent from the MPSL, and Metro Louisville FC from the UPSL. In the Mid-Atlantic, you have Maryland Bobcats FC, Rockville SC from the UPSL, Soda City FC from the UPSL, and Nova FC from the EPSL. Northeast region, you have Flower City Union, New Jersey Alliance FC from Nisa Nation, New York Contour United from the UPSL, and you have Steel Pulse FC from the Maryland Super League. In the Pacific region, you have Bay Cities FC, and you have Battleborn FC from Nisa Nation. You have Modesto City FC from the Southwest Premier League. And you have, I hope I didn't butcher this. So forgive me if I don't get this right. Wanachi All Stars FC from the Cascadia Premier League. In the SoCal region, you have Albion San Diego, Capo FC in Nisa Nation, AFC South Bay in Nisa Nation, and you have Soul to Soul, based in Anaheim, California. They're from the Southwest Premier League. Southeast region, you have Chattanooga FC, Club de Leon in Nisa Nation, based in Orlando. You have Miami Beach CF in the NPSL, and you have Brevard Fire SC from the NSL. It's kind of interesting that you have Chattanooga there as the only Tennessee team, and the other teams are in Florida. So kind of thought that was interesting. Southwest region, you have Valley United FC, and then you have East Valley United 
from the Southwest Premier League. They're also going to be with Real Phoenix FC, also from the Southwest Premier League. And then you have Valley Football Club Raiders in Mesa Nation. And then in the West Coast region, you have LA Force, Inland Empire Republic FC from the Southwest Premier League. You have Olympiacos, California from the Southwest Premier League. And then you have Peak 11 FC there from the Mountain Premier League. So that's all your regional groups for each region for the NISA Independent Cup, which will start later this month. The one thing I did find curious was Cal United Strikers FC. They were not listed here. And I know there's been a lot of speculation on social media on why they weren't in it. So I'm not sure why, but I will try to get an update on some clarification on why Cal United Strikers FC was admitted from this year's NISA Independent Cup. Now, let's get on with all the other stuff that's happening on in NISA. Base Cities FC, they announced last week that they have transferred Christian Dean. He is now going to be playing at Ford Madison FC. So I did listen to the Knights of NISA podcast, their interview they did with their head coach, Andres Perez. Really good interview. And he mentioned that there was going to be another player moving on from Bay Cities FC. We had no idea who it was, but now we know it's Christian Dean, and we wish him the best of luck up in Fort Madison. Speaking of Fort Madison, when I was at the Shadow House game, I talked to Peter Wilt. He was at the Fort Madison game the other night, and he caught up with Nazim Bartman, and I told him, it's on the list. I got to go to a Fort Madison game. I have a friend, my friend Paul, he lives in Madison. It's only like two hours from where I live here in the Chicagoland area by Schomburg. So I'm going to make a trip sometime this summer to go to a Ford Madison game. Now, speaking of USL, we got an update from FC Carolinas. Now, the Night Just Needs podcast reported during the offseason that they were rumored to be trying to buy Stumptown AC and, you know, have them go on hiatus and then they come back next year. But now they announced last week that they're going to take their team into USL League 2 and also start a women's team in the W League for the USL. And that's leaving Stumptown AC's future uncertain. We haven't heard any new news about Stumptown AC, what's been going on with them. But I always felt with Stumptown, it was going to be very difficult because Charlotte is a crowded market. And especially now with Charlotte FC in town, look at the Charlotte Independence. They had to self-relegate. I don't know how they're doing USL League One these days, but I have to imagine it's not the same like it was when they were in the USL Championship. And another MLS team had moved to a major city like Austin FC. They were in Austin. They had to compete with Austin Bold. And look what happened. Austin Bold lost out. They ended up closing up shop. And now they're trying to get to Fort Worth, Texas. So I always felt with Stumptown AC, if they were going to have success, they would have to go somewhere like, I don't know, South Carolina or Virginia. I don't know. It was just... 
I just wasn't I wasn't sure how it was gonna work long term with Stumptown AC, but you know, we'll see what happens with that. I'm definitely gonna miss Kevin the tree. That's uh that was one thing I, I did like about Stumptown AC and how they were building the atmosphere and everything. Even when I talked to Coach Rod Underwood back in March, he was hopeful that at that time that Stumptown AC would work things out and be able to come back. But we don't know. We don't know, and we'll just have to see what happens with Stumptown AC going forward. Now, Sowegans SC, they announced that they are going to be joining the Gulf Coast Premier League in 2023. I've been following their social media handles and seeing what's updated with the South Georgia Club based in Albany, Georgia. It's not Albany. It's Albany. And uh, looking forward to seeing what this club does next year in the Gulf Coast Premier League. So looking forward to that. Now, Chattanooga FC, they announced they have signed Damian Rodriguez's brother, Fabian Rodriguez, to an academy contract. Now, I thought that was really interesting because we've seen Chattanooga FC built in their pipeline there in Dalton, Georgia, and around the Chattanooga area, recruiting these kids to join a team in their academy and moving them up to the eventually the senior pro team. So Chattanooga FC making another big step there. I like this movie. When I was reading the press release, what kind of made me laugh was, you know, by beyond taking shots at his brother. And I just love the, the sibling rivalry there. He was talking about that, quote, I feel like my high advantage helps me and my ability to dribble better than his brother, which for me, referring to Damien, which that was pretty funny. The only thing he has is speed against me. I'm pretty much better at everything else. Woo, I, I, I love that. I love that Fabian is taking shots as his brother and seeing that sil- that sibling rivalry there. And, you know, he also talked about, you know, looking up to his brother and everything. And now, like his brother, he's moving up with Chattanooga FC. We're hopefully going to see them play in the starting lineup together and see what they can do against their opponents. But wow. I mean, Chattanooga FC, they're already in good form already. First place in the East division scoring goals now, and they've turned around and I did predict that Chattanooga FC was going to be one of the playoff teams in NISA. So I'm glad it's looking good. Now, before I close out the new segment of the show, uh, the night you say NISA podcast, they posted this tweet like an hour ago. And some interesting developments going on apparently in NISA. And I'm just like shaking my head like, man, another month, more drama in NISA. Man, we love the drama, don't we, in lower division soccer. But anyway, let me get on to this. So they posted on Twitter, quote, word on the street is that there's some moves being made to shake ownership in NISA. Nothing stone yet, just rumors. Then they posted another tweet. Shortly after that, saying they also are saying that there's some of their sources are saying that the clubs involved are LA Force and Michigan Stars FC, and that there may also be a UPSL connection. Now, of course, this is all speculative. We don't we we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We'll definitely keep you posted on this developing situation. I'll reach out to some people and and see what's going on, but. I can only speculate and kind of look on the outside looking in and kind of see what's going on behind the scenes. 
Now, look, I've heard rumors that some of the current Nice teams weren't happy with the current structure and the ownership situation with the ownership situation where you basically have Bob Freeland, LA Force, and other basically calling the majority of the shots what's going on in the league. And some of those teams want equal ownership to kind of help guide the league moving forward. So I don't know if this is a situation where some teams like, let's say, Chattanooga FC or Cal United Strikers FC, for example, and again, I'm just being speculative, this is nothing official, maybe putting their foot down and saying, look, we need change in this structure or maybe in the front office, all these things within NISA to help move this league in a different direction moving forward. Or if, according to United State NISA podcast, what they're saying, if it's LA Force and the Michigan Stars FC involved, are those other NISA teams trying to either kick him out or is Bob Freeland and George Junkai, do they want more of a piece of the pie? Like, we want more. We're not happy. We want more. And if there's this UPSL connection, which I don't know what that's about, a part of me was wondering, are we seeing history repeat itself here? And, of course, you guys know the story. I'm referring to United Soccer League and what was to become the NASL 2.0. We all know the story back in 2010-2011. We had teams in the USL at the time that weren't happy with the direction USL was going. These owners basically were forced to, with U.S. soccer running it for one year back in 2011 or 2012, whenever it was, where they kind of had this co-league formation championship thing between USL and the other league, which was eventually become NASL. And then those owners eventually split off to form what was becoming, what will become NASL 2.0. And as we know, NASL 2.0 only lasted five years and then they folded. And I certainly hope that's not the direction it's going, but we don't know. And like I said, in lower division soccer, we've seen this too many times where ownerships just want more of the pie. They're not happy. They're complaining they're not making money, all this. And I'm kind of like, these guys know when you get, unless you're in MLS, if you're in USL, USL League One, NISA, MLS Next Pro, whatever league it is, other than MLS, you're just not going to make a lot of money. You're just not. There's no promotion relegation. So you don't have that as an option. And I know there's been talk about between USL and NISA. They've talked about ProRel, but we don't know if or when it's going to happen. Some people think it may not happen until after the 2026 World Cup. And some of you don't want to wait that long. And it's just sad because in NISA, you got really good teams. You got good talent. It's just these owners that want more, apparently. And I'm not sure what's going to happen. I mean, could LA Force and Michigan Stars sell their stake to some UPSL teams? I mean, I don't know. Like I said, this is all speculation. Once I get some answers, we'll keep, I'll keep you posted on this developing situation. But it's just crazy. Crazy that another month, Nisa has more drama. And, you know, I... Had a conversation with Tom Morrison about the ownership situation a month ago. Of course, we were talking about what was going on with the Las Vegas Legends because I was talking about his video. And then he was talking about, man, lower division soccer would be so much better if they just had a committed ownership group that are committed owners that just care about the game. They don't care about the money and all this. They just 
want to help make the game successful and all that. But as we know, loaded in soccer, we got owners that just get greedy. They're not happy and they want more of them, but they can chew. And as we saw what happened with the NASL, it eventually folded. And I hope that's not the fate for Nisa. I hope they find a way to survive through all this drama. But I mean, like all the other leagues, when the pandemic started, they had to get through the pandemic and they made it through that. When I think a lot of us weren't, didn't think they were going to make it through all that, but they made it through that. And now we got this. So we'll see what happens. I'll keep you posted on that development. But yeah, I just saw that on Twitter this morning and just wanted to mention my thoughts on that developing situation. Now let's get into the news for Nisa Nation and recap what happened there this week. All right, let's get into the news for Nisa Nation and recap all the action that happened this past week. Now, we did have some matches this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. So for the Saturday matchups, we had AFC South Bay. They scored 10 goals. Yes, you heard me right. They scored 10 goals against AFC Salerno. Win that match 10-0. Into United FC, they got a win beating Winter Haven United FC 3-1. Atletico Orlando, they defeated Deportivo Lake Mary 3-1. Union SC defeated Allentown United FC 1-0. And New York Braveheart SC, they crushed Albion SC Delaware 8-1. So those are the matchups that happened on Saturday. On Sunday, New Jersey Alliance FC, of course, was awarded a 3-0 win over Boston Black SC via forfeit. As I mentioned in our last episode, Boston Black SC had to forfeit all their remaining matches for the spring season in the Northeast region. Battleborn FC versus San Francisco Elite Metro. There was no score update. As of recording this podcast this morning, I haven't seen any updates on the team's social media pages. So if anybody knows the score of the update of that match, please let me know. Capo FC, though, did get a win against Sporting ID 11, 2-1. And Deportivo Lake Mary, they had two games in back-to-back days. They lost to Club de Leon, 2-1. So as we look at the... Table so far, Atletico Orlando, I'm not sure if they updated this yet, but they should be on either 21 points or 24 points. But they're still in first place. Club de Leon FC is in second with 19 points. In the Northeast region, New Jersey Alliance FC, they still lead with 24 points. Union SC is in second with 18 points. New York Braveheart is in third with 14 points. In the Pacific region, Battleborn FC leads with nine points. AFC South Bay is in second with seven points. And I have no update on San Francisco Elite Metro, but at the moment, they are still in third place with four points. And there's been no change in the Southwest region. There were no matches. So FC Golden State still leads with 16 points. Capo FC is also in second with 16 points. And the Las Vegas Legends are in third with 15 points. Now let's get on to my final thoughts. All right, guys, before I get into my final thoughts, 
these were just some things I thought about moving forward with this latest development that the Nitro Nisa podcast tweeted about, about a potential ownership shakeup in the league. And I was just curious with both LA Forest and Michigan Stars reportedly involved, how this will play out. Now, from LA Forest's perspective, of course, Bofferland's the owner. He, we've heard rumors that he has a lot of shares in the league. And is George Junkai, is he trying to buy him out? Buy him out, and then you have George Junkai run the league? Ooh, I don't know how I feel about that one. And then uh, you have more of a say in the league, and you got the other teams like, let's you know say Chattanooga and Cal United. You know, they want more of a split of the ownership structure, kind of get everybody get a say and try to get changes and probably the front office, who knows? And probably giving all to me saying, hey, if this guy buys him out and has more say, we might have to basically leave and go somewhere else. And that's not good. Now, I don't know about the UPSL connection there. Is there a possibility that the UPSL may buy out Nisa? I don't know. Buyouts, buyouts, buyouts. You know, money talks, guys. And with lower division soccer, it's crazy stuff. Crazy stuff that's going on. And we'll have to monitor the situation and see how this plays out in the coming months. But what I'm also curious is how is this going to affect the other parts of NISA, like NISA Nation, and all the hard work those guys have put in to that league to make it run. Like, what's going to happen with their future? What's going to happen with all the leagues, like the EPSL? or the Midwest Premier League that have a partnership with NISA. What's going to be their outlook looking uh, moving forward? And how is this going to affect the current landscape in lower division soccer? We already got three D3 leagues. Is it going to get more crowded? Or we're going to have another rogue league? I don't know. It's just so many questions, guys, and not a lot of answers right now. So hopefully we'll get some more answers on that in the a few months and see what's going on. But yeah, you know, like I mentioned earlier, another month for Nisa, more, more drama. But as I say, in lower division soccer, there's always drama every year, no matter what league it is. Now, let me share with you on my final thoughts on some projects I've been working on. I hope you guys have been enjoying some of the content I've been posting the last couple of weeks, posting a weekly news update on Fridays to let you guys know what's going on in the league in NISA and NISA Nation and its affiliates, but also posting score updates for NISA and NISA Nation. Now, I know you guys have requested interviews. I'm still working on that. Again, if I get one confirmed, I will let you guys know. Of course, if there's anybody you would like me to interview, please let me know. Now, I got two video projects that I'm working on right now that I want to talk about. One is going to be a two to three minute soccer show thing talking about NISA. It's called NISA Extra Time. Now, my plan for that show is, one, I'm going to use it to give you predictions, of course, for this weekend, or not this weekend, but the midweek matchups for Wednesday. Since I'm going to be busy with the Cubs this week, I'm not going to have enough time to do a podcast show later this week. So to make up for that, I'm going to do this video show, give you my predictions for the midweek matchups. Hope that I get some videos from the league, can kind of do some mini highlights and stuff like that. Of course, if you missed anything from the podcast 
while we get more updates on this developing situation, on this ownership shakeup with the league, we can talk a little more about that and whatever else is going on in NISA, NISA Nation, and the affiliates. So that's kind of my plan for that show, NISA Extra Time. So look forward to that. The other one is going to be called Beyond the Pitch with Josh Taylor. Now, this is through my partnership with JDF Sports. I know those guys for a while, Chris and Dylan. And it's a, if you know what JDF Sports is, it's a 24-7 kind of sports website page where they have a blog, talk about sports, but I also do live streams for the shows. So like my friend Dylan, he does a show for Out of Bounds Podcasts, but it's also a live stream show, and they talk about what's going on in the NFL. He also does another show with Chris covering hockey. It's called Puck Off, and they talk about all the action going on in the NHL, including the Stanley Cup final that's going to start between the Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning. They do a really good job in that show, and I got a lot of friends in Florida that are Lightning fans, so go Bolts. But anyway, my plan with Beyond the Pitch with Josh Taylor is I'm going to talk not just a little bit what's going on in NISA, but also talk about MLS, have some interviews, and also do features and storylines, profiles, things of that nature for that show. It's going to be live stream, and it's going to probably be on JDS Sports either in July or August. I'll keep you posted on that. But I'm also going to talk about European soccer. Of course, it will start back up around late or early to late August with the Premier League starting early and Syria and Bundesliga and all that because of the World Cup being in November. So that's my plan for that show, but I will keep you updated on that. So I just wanted to share with you some updates on those projects I'm working on. Hope you guys are very excited. And uh, once I get those up and running, I will let you know. And with that, that will conclude my final thoughts, but like I said, I hope you guys appreciate all the hard work that I'm doing for Nice Today FC, and let's keep the show rolling, shall we? Well, everyone, that will conclude today's episode for Nice Today FC. If you like the show, have any comments or suggestions, you can send me a direct message on my Twitter page at JT underscore Taylor 88. And if you'd like to follow and keep up with the show on all the latest updates around the NISA League, you can follow our social media pages. We're on Instagram at NISA underscore Today FC. We're also on Twitter at NISA underscore Today FC. And you can also follow us on our Facebook page. It's at NISA Today FC. Please, guys, Keep following all the content, and like I said, I got more exciting stuff coming up later this week, so stay tuned for that. You guys enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll see you next time.